Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It is playoff time, and oh, you thought that we were done playing fantasy? Well, you oh, were. You didn't know. Oh, you were wrong, baby. We are back. It is your host, of course, Tim Petropolis, here with my two brothers, the only two twins that are preparing you like no other for the ultimate playoff challenge. Michael and Jason Petrop. What's up? So we're excited to get into this uh, into this one. So let's get right into it because if you thought your days of playing fantasy were over, think again. We have uh, we have something to uh, inform you about. That's not only uh, fantasy, but it also brings in your acumen on picking games. It's literally the ultimate like talking shit to your friends thing, which is really the reason why all of us play any fantasy sports, right? Because we love to talk shit. I mean, uh, duh. Um, but uh, we're excited to bring it to you. Um, and the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So, Michael, you are uh, generally just smarter than me. So I am going to let you explain exactly what we're going to be previewing today because this episode is going to be dedicated exactly to this. Uh, so let me ex- explain it. What is the FFPC, which is the Fantasy Football Players Challenge? It is a high-stakes fantasy football league that has been growing in popularity every single year. It's um, it's it's honestly like the like the World Series of Poker main event of fantasy football. Um, and they have a playoff cheat sheet. I mean, they, they, I'm sorry, they have a playoff challenge. Um, so, Michael, why don't you explain that to the peeps? Yeah, so the playoff challenge. Um, well, first off, we've been tweeting links. Uh, you could go to our Twitter and click the link to go to the site and to make an account. And you could sign up from there. It's it's very simple. We're all uh, technology, technologically cognizant at this point. So you guys understand how to sign up for things. You just you could just go register from there. And there are two separate playoff challenges. Um, one of them is a $200 entry where you go up against just over 6,000 teams. And then there's a $35 entry where you go up against about 12,500 teams. Um, the reason there's more in the second one is because it's only a $35 entry, yeah, so cheaper. more people will join. But if you come in first overall, you win $100,000 um, for the $35 entry. If you come in first overall for the $200 entry, $500,000. So we're talking a nice big chunk of change for some playoff football while you're sitting on your couch enjoying the games. Um, the way it works is pretty simple. You have to select 12. There's 14 teams. You have to select 12 players. So what that means is you have to completely fade two teams. Um, so you do not have a player on two of the teams. More than likely, you're going to choose two teams that you think are going to lose in the first round because it doesn't make sense not to. You want those guys to be gone uh, and not produce because you're not choosing a player from those teams. And then you could only choose one player per team. So say you choose Travis Kelsey for, from the Kansas City Chiefs. He's your chief. You cannot choose Mahomes. You cannot choose CEH. You cannot choose Tyreek Hill. He is your guy, period. And you also, um, for scoring, by the way, it's tight end premium. So it's one and a half points per reception uh, for tight ends. One point per reception for the rest of the crew. Um, and this contest goes through the Super Bowl. 
the Super Bowl, folks. So you set your team prior to the league starting on Saturday. That's your team for the rest of the playoffs. You watch it go. The Super Bowl is ultra important because your players get times two once they make it to the Super Bowl. So you really need to make sure that you choose at least two players that make it to the Super Bowl. Otherwise, you're screwed. So it may, like it may seem smart to someone, let me fade the Chiefs and Packers. They're the number one seeds. They have a bye. So they automatically play one less game than the rest. But then you have to think about it. The Bears, they're likely to lose to the Saints. If they lose, you only get one game out of the Bears. You could get up to three from the Chiefs and Packers. So that's where the... Uh, thought comes into it as well, which is a lot of fun because you have to try to guess which teams are going to win and who their opponents are going to be and how far they can make it in the playoffs. So you set your lineup, one player per for the 12 teams. It's QB, two running back, two wide receivers, tight end, kicker defense, and four flex, which is a lot of fun because you could have, there are going to be so many different variations of teams. And like I said, it's tight end premium. So you could have like Mark Andrews, Austin Hooper, Travis Kelsey, and Logan Thomas all starting on your team in the flex position. <laughs> um, even another tight end, uh, throw Robert Tunyon in there. And you could have five tight ends if you'd like because it's tight end premium. There are going to be a lot of different uh, varieties of lineups out there. But that's basically it. You set your lineup and you watch it roll throughout the playoffs. And you better hope you chose the right guys and win $100,000 or $500,000 for yourself. So basically, it is the ultimate... Uh, I like to predict what's going to happen in football challenge. Like if you can predict the most winners, uh, you're going to have the most players who are playing. Um, well, the better players that are playing are going to be on those teams, and then you're going to have a better chance to win. Uh, Jason, exactly. who is the creator of uh, True Throw Value and True Target Value, a stat that is exclusive to Brodo Fantasy, has actually made a cheat sheet for this playoff challenge. Jason, why don't you tell him about the cheat sheet? Yeah, of course. Well, first, I want to note that um, tight end premium means tight ends get one and a half points per reception. So they get an extra half point over the PPR and everyone else gets PPR one point per reception. So what I did was I put together a little nice compact cheat sheet for you to look at um, to help you make your decisions for this playoff challenge. I have the 14 quarterbacks that are in the playoffs in order of their true throw value. Um, you'll see that there isn't there's a not too much change between the two and the 10 um, from Ryan Tannehill down to Baker Mayfield. They all average around. If we're looking at true throw value as adjusted fantasy points per attempt, a little bit more than half a point per attempt. Um, Aaron Rodgers is ahead of the pack there. And then you get the real drop off from rivers, big Ben, Jared Goff and Alex Smith telling you that those guys, unless they're playing a lot of games and throwing a lot of passes, you probably want to stay away from those guys. And then, of course, just like in the regular season, true target value takes the values of the quarterback's throws and equates them to the receiver or tight ends targets, the quantity and quality, to give you an expected PPR or tight end premium points per game. And the players are in that order as well. Um, if you take a look at the tight end, you'll see, just like the regular season, Travis Kelsey is a monster, and nobody's really close to him on the tight end side. He's actually projected to get more points in the tight end premium format than every single wide receiver not named Devontae Adams. Um, so having the true target values translated to points per game, projected points per game as well, can help you compare positions as well in the flex spot. The only thing that's not covered here is um, running backs, but I do want to point you to Broto Fantasy. Um, we have a statistic by 
Casanova, Santiago Casanova, at FF underscore Casanova. Um, fantasy points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. It tells you how efficient these guys are without looking at touchdowns because that's not a very sticky stat. That's just more of a uh, team-oriented team stat. Right. Yeah. So uh, you could look there if you want to take a look at some running backs and see who you think are going to perform well. I also just want to add, because for whatever reason, always get this question a bunch. It's one and a half points per tight end for all tight ends, even in the flex spot. So you could use as many tight ends as you'd like in the flex as well, and you're always going to get one and a half points per reception. So yeah, I see why I see why people ask that. Yeah, for sure. Just the tight end slot. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that is the FFPC playoff challenge. Um, it, again, we want to remind you, go to BrotoFantasy.com to find all this stuff. And also go to BrotoFantasy.com to click on the banner uh, to go sign up for it. Um, I'm going to be honest. You could just go to FFPC.com and do it, but it helps us out if you click on the banner on our website. So we'd, we'd really appreciate if you go to Broto Fantasy and click on the banner. <laughs> well, it's not a banner, but it is, it is a link. The link. So please click on the link. The link. Yes. Link, banner, same, yeah, potato, potato. So that's right. Fantasy football is not over, baby. BrotoFantasy.com to go and check that out. Uh, also, don't forget, if you win the championship here, or if you won a championship in your own league, or if, you know, someone you want to get a championship belt for um, is has won a championship, go to PartyBelts.com. They have completely customizable, giant, dope fantasy belts that look super good, um, and they hold beers on the side. They are one-size-fits-all, completely customizable, and they are a fraction of the price that you're going to pay for the big, bulky, annoying ones. Uh, PartyBelts.com, and you use the promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, to get 15% off at checkout. Um, Michael, why don't you tell them about uh, uh, our friends, another way to play fantasy. Over at Thrive Fantasy, go to thrivefantasy.com or the Thrive Fantasy app. Um, pretty simple. And you could. there's going to be contests throughout the playoffs as well. They have single game contests, multiple game contests, etc. The typical DFS style stuff, except you are not going to be using salary caps. You are going to be selecting over-under props based on yardage, touchdowns, passing yards, things of that sort. And the more you get right, the higher chance you have of winning money, end up with the most amount of points in your contest, and win a nice prize. Uh, if you put in code BROTO, B-R-O-T-O, 20, T-2-0, uh, you get um, you get a, dis- a, a, a match of your deposit from 20 to $50, any number um, in between there, or if you deposit more than 50, it's a limit at 50, but you will get that deposit match, and you will be able to play those games and win cash money that you can withdraw and become a baller. So go ahead and do that. And through the magic of technology, we now have a banner, Tim, on the home screen. There you go. The banner is you on mean the a home link? screen. It's not a banner, but it's the picture of the cheat sheet. All you got to do is click on it. <laughs> there it is. It's right. Oh, it's big right in the front. Click on it and you can Are join you? the FFPC F- 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 playoff challenge again. BrotoFantasy.com to get that. All right. Now that we're done plugging, let's start. Blessing. Um, plug, 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 plug. Right. So the way we're going to do this is we are going to go game by g- game by game the way that we usually do it, the way that you know and love Brodo for. Um, but we are going to be doing it a little differently. We're not going to be talking about the matchup in general. We're going to be talking about that team's chance going forward in general. So we're going to be discussing the long-term aspects because this is not just a one-week thing. This is a four-week challenge. Um one thing that's a little interesting about this year compared to other years is that there is now only one bi-week team instead of two bi-week teams per um, 
per. So that's going to be a whole game more uh, if your bye week team does make the Super Bowl. That's going to be a whole week more than they would have gotten. So like if the Bills or the Packers, no, the Packers have the bye week, or the Saints uh, make the Super Bowl, you're getting a whole other week of Alvin Kamara and a whole other week of Stephon Diggs. So it's uh, very, very interesting here. Um, so yeah, I just think that's that's something uh, to look out for. Speaking of the Bills, that is the first matchup of the of the wild card round: the Bills and the Colts. Now, the Bills are a team that I really like going forward. The Bills have paid their dues; they've built this the right way. They seem like a team that is on the brink of doing something special. They're going to let fourteen thousand people into the stadium, which doesn't seem like a lot. But when it comes to you've been playing in an empty stadium for the entire year, 14,000 probably feels like 40,000. 40, so there's going to be some kind of Bills Mafia presence there. There's going to be some kind of home field advantage. The Colts also will be going to a cold weather um, situation. Phillip Rivers has only played in, in hot weather and, um, and domes throughout his career so far. So I think that... Um, I think that what's going down right now is I am going to hitch my wagon on the Bills because I think the Bills have a chance to go forward. So how do you guys feel about that? Bills, Colts, who has the better chance to advance here? I don't hate it, Tim. I think my I think my favorite quarterback play is Josh Allen in this format. I'm not going to lie. Uh, because the Bills have a decent shot at getting to the Super Bowl if Josh Allen plays at the level he's been playing. And you could get four weeks of him and his legs are a big difference maker if you look at the quarterbacks true throw values in the playoffs uh, aside from Aaron Rodgers who again was on another level this year Tannehill Mahomes Wilson Allen Lamar Jackson are all within 0.05 of each other so what really is going to separate them is their use of legs and I think Josh Allen has a lot of upside uh, in this playoff in these playoff games I think they're going to beat the Colts and then you know, seeding will decide who they play next, but the Chiefs won a lot of one possession games this year. I think it is possible for another team to come out of the AFC. You know, yeah. I it's I, I just don't I, I do want to say because I do agree Josh Allen is a strong quarterback play here. And like you said, Tim, um he they're a two seed. Typically they have a bye, and you want to use that team's player anyways because it's a very good team. So they have a shot of going far. So the fact that the Saints and Bills are the two seeds and they play makes it really, really hard to fade them because they they are likely to at least win one or two games. You're not fading anyone. Because they're teams. also not going to play the number one seed until exactly only if they get there. Yeah. So when you when you're choosing a Bills player, I I wanted to add. I know it's like you. Everyone says fade the consensus in large tournaments, but look, I've seen this playoff challenge the last several years and. Don't go ahead and pick someone like Devin Singletary or Dawson Knox. Like going that far off the radar never works. Like you simply have to choose the best players from the right teams. Two years ago or three years ago, when James White scored like three Super Bowl touchdowns, they won the person who had James White. But it's not like James White wasn't, but James White wasn't super far off the radar. That was when he was a PPR monster. Yeah, he was a monster Last year, yeah. it was Derrick Henry, Patrick Mahomes, teams like that. Like you just have to choose the right players from the right teams that are going to win. Like Derrick Henry was a, a fade candidate for people because they didn't believe the Titans were going to be able to beat the Patriots last year, and then they did. 
So that's that's what it's really about is choosing the right players, not really fading the best players when it comes to something like this. So, Michael, we, I think we're all in consensus that the Bills have a chance to go far. And we're going to talk about the Bills and the Saints, the, the two seeds, because like like we said in the beginning, we think playing playing the good players on the two seeds is going to be something that is going to be very beneficial for you. So with that being said, um, the Bills here have a lot of options. You said you're not playing Knox, you're not playing Singletary, you're not playing Moss. I think that is great. I think that's what I think that's the right way to go. I think the question is here, who are you playing? If you had you you can only pick one person. So who's your favorite play from the Bills? For me it's Diggs. Um I understand wanting to go with Josh Allen too though. Like it's it's 1A and 1B for me. Um there's just other routes I'd go um at quarterback to open up the availability to use Diggs because the these games don't the the rest of the AFC outside of the Chiefs don't really scare me much. I know the Titans are good. That's the only team that I'd be a little scared about if I was a if I was the Bills. But like I'm not scared off by the Steelers, Browns, or Ravens. I'm not gonna lie. Like they just don't really scare me. I don't think the Bills are. I think the Bills are gonna beat the Colts. I think they have a good shot to end up going up against the Chiefs in uh, in the conference championship, and it's gonna be on the back of Allen and Diggs as it has been the entire season. Like it's been them two. It's crazy how. Literally, no one else on that team was like a must-start player except them two, and they were putting up monster numbers each week. And even a guy like Cole Beasley, like you'd be getting too cute. Like I would be down for Cole Beasley if this was a a, a priced player type situation. And we should mention that this is not a priced player type situation. You can pick every mm-hmm. single best player on a team it, exactly. as long as as long as you as long as you pick the right ones. And it's it's kind of that simple. Um, so I do think that. If you want to get cute with the Bills, Cole Beasley is about as cute as you should get. Uh, yeah, the, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go ahead and pick Gabriel Davis, for example. Right. Unless you're John Brown. Unless you're like fading the Bills and you you think they're gonna go one off, lose to the Colts, but Gabriel Davis is gonna have a huge game. Like maybe that happens, but that's not what I'm gonna bet on. I think maybe if you have like if you're one of those people who has a hundred entries, you do something like that. Michael said this briefly in the beginning. I think it needs to be repeated again. The two teams you leave out should be the two teams you think are going to lose this week. And but there's going to be in reality there's going to be six teams that lose this week. So that's that's a wide range, right? So what I want to say here exactly. too is so you want to lose four, not six. You want to lose right. four players, not six players. Right. You want to use you want to lose four players, not six players. Exactly. And you want that to be your kicker and defense that you lose along with the teams you fade. Like for like I'm going to go across here to the Colts. Rodrigo Blankenship is probably my favorite kicker to choose because I don't think the Colts are going to beat the Bills. But Blankenship also, besides Young Way Koo, was one of the best kickers in the league this year and put up like monster points almost every single game. So if that game ends like 34-27 Bills and Blankenship kicks two 40-plus yard field goals, has three extra points and gets you 11 points from the kicker spot and then the Colts lose, you're not going to complain about 11 from the kicker spot. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. So you're going with that kind of logic. I, for me too, I think Jonathan Taylor is someone I'd consider here just because he has the ability to like rush for three touchdowns in this game. He's been absolutely on fire. He's been rushing. He's been scoring multiple touchdowns. He's been getting a bunch of yards. So even if they lose in this first wild card round, you could still get like 30 points out of a running back, which is not bad. 10 points a week. I mean, you're you're not really. I don't know if that's the best strategy, but that's something to consider. I think for me is is yeah. yes even on the teams that are going to lose because like you said 
you're gonna lose four players. So if you're gonna lose four players, try and get the try and squeeze the most out of them in this matchup because the Bills have not been a good run defense this year. Um, they they can they can get scored on. So the question is, uh, so I think Jonathan Taylor is someone that I'd consider um, putting in one of my flex spots, even though I think the Colts are gonna lose this week. I do get that, um, but I do think, but that's the thing. Like you think the Colts are gonna lose. I feel like the the way you have to start is choose four teams that are going to lose. Choose two teams that you think are definitely going to lose. Leave them out. Choose the next two teams that you think are most likely to lose. Use that kicker in defense. That's that's my approach to it because I want quarterback, running back, receivers, and flexes heading into the uh, the next round. I don't want a kicker in defense when someone when if someone has Stefan Diggs and I have Rodrigo Blankenship. Oh, sorry, they're going against each other, so that was dumb. If I have Rodrigo Blankenship and the Colts win. That sucks. What are you going to do? But I think the Colts are going to lose, so I'm going to choose Blankenship because if the Bills actually lose, there goes Diggs. If the Bills were to win, at least you have Diggs. You know what I mean? Because you, so you, I, I'm choosing the teams that I think are going to win the most. Like the four teams that I think have the best shot of winning, I'm going to really fade the opposite four teams. Okay, yeah, gotcha. So I... And the thing is, it's important too to when you're picking when you're picking these things to also look at Vegas. Um, I think Vegas has a lot to say. Uh, the over under in this game is fifty one percent, and Buffalo is almost a touchdown favorite, minus sixty five percent. Sixty two percent of the money is coming in on Buffalo, minus six and a half. So um, heavy favorite Buffalo this week to win the game. So that's something to consider as well. And I think what Michael's also saying, like, uh, let me know if you guys agree with me here. Fade also means try to pick positions that are going to get less points in general because you can only fade two teams entirely like for example i think my favorite defensive play is tampa bay because they're going up against an awful offense this week in washington never i think that it's going to be a very close game i wouldn't be surprised if tampa bay loses to be honest and then i think if tampa bay advances they're going to lose in the next round like i don't think tampa bay has the ability to make it past the next round. They could even lose this round. So I like their defense because they're going to at least get some points this week. If they move on, their defense will probably play decent the week after. I don't believe in their offense to win games. But that's so I'd I'm... rather fade all of their offensive guys and take their defense. But then why not take Ryan Suckup or something? But that's but that's the thing. If you think the Bucks are going to win, why go into the next round with seven position players and a defense? When you could choose a position player who is more likely to outscore the defense those two games. I will tell you this too, like the Buccaneers, I don't think are a great defensive play against a very not turnover prone Washington and Alex Smith behind quarter at the quarterback. Remember, I just I, don't I, trust Tampa Bay this week. Ta- Yo, Tom Brady has not been good. You're, against- bu- you're bugging, bro. The Tom Brady has Protection been phenomenal. Dude, Tom Brady, you let me finish. You know what his QBR is this season under pressure? Okay, that's it. Six. Six out of 100. Six? Really? Yeah. I, I'm on the completion percentage under pressure, 33%. Damn. I'm on the Tom and Brady. He's 30th, and he's 30th in red zone completion percentage. Well, let's wait till we get to the Bucks in, in Washington to talk about Tom Brady. Let's go well, on I to just, the... I just went there. <laughs> let's go on to the, the next game because we have a Saturday game still to talk about. It's the Rams and Seahawks. Something that's very important here is Jared Goff has been upgraded to questionable, so it looks like... He might play. I don't know. Like at the the report is literally as of one minute ago. So 
there's not much to be said about what his status is. But I think that that's very important. Obviously, right now, Seattle at home is a three and a half point favorite, which is interesting because that you get three points for being at home. Um, although, according to RJ Bell, and this is really, really interesting, over the course of the last two years, home teams have only outscored road teams by eight total points and only have 12 more wins total than road teams. Over the last two years. This year, only two more wins for home teams than road teams. So, you have to... And then it was 10 the year before. So, you have to consider the fact that, like, there's no 12s in Seattle. So, what's really the 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 big Seattle advantage? And that's the quarterback being out. So, right now, Seattle, um, I think, has a good chance to advance in this game. Although, you never know with this. With this kind of game, where it's, it's really... It's really close, and you've got division matchup guys who have already played each other um, this year twice and have seen each other over and over again. Russell Wilson and Jared Goff have been the quarterbacks of these teams, and McVay and Carroll have been the coaches for a three-year span. They are very familiar with each other. So the question is, how do you feel about this type of game where the the winner is not as clear? Are you going to try and fade that type of game, or are you going to try and pick like one, like a defense or a kicker or, like, or, or a less a less important position um, in these games. How are you feeling and how are you approaching this one? So I, this one is very interesting to me because I'm not completely like my mind hasn't been completely made up yet. Like I haven't uh, decided which four teams I want to fade the most yet. Um, but the Seahawks are actually a team I'm very highly considering fading mm-hmm. who I think will not be faded because um, Michael Salfino of the athletic wrote an article um, and he shouted out Bud Good, who like started fantasy football analytics uh, like over 50 years ago. And he has a stat that's uh, stay with me here. Passing yards gained divided by pass attempts plus sacks allowed. And then you subtract that from your defensive passing yards allowed divided by pass attempts plus sacks. I feel like I need a so, drink. Yeah, basically it's basically it's net yards per attempt on offense minus net yards per attempt on defense. And that stat, whichever team wins that stat during the game wins 74% of the time. Hmm. So this is like a super sticky stat when it comes to NFL football and the Rams were number one in this stat this year. The Seahawks of the uh, 14 playoff teams were 12th. Like the Rams net difference was 1.45. The Seahawks' net difference was 0.12. So that is a ginormous difference between the Rams and Seahawks. This stat says the Rams are a big, um, should not be like a a big underdog this week. I do understand the Jared Goff concerns and such, but even if Jared Goff is out, has he been ruled out or he's he's questionable, questionable. right? He's questionable. Even if he's ruled out, like they just beat the the Cardinals without Jared Goff. Are we even sure that Jared Goff is that huge of an upgrade? Like, let's be real. It's it's Sean McVay running the offense. He calls the plays. It's just the quarterback making the, the easy passes that Sean McVay sets up. So even if Goff is out, I still don't think the Seahawks, because especially with the way they've been playing, dude, Russell Wilson and company, that offense has struggled for like eight plus weeks now, especially against the Rams defense. They've done nothing both times they met with uh, Jalen Ramsey always shutting down uh, DK Metcalf for the most part, too. 
So the Seahawks are a team I'm highly considering fading. So let me ask you a question, Michael, because you can only fade two teams. You can only start one kicker on one defense. At some point, like your position players are going to be knocked out in the first round as well. Everything you were just telling me right now made me want to choose Tyler Lockett. Because he has the potential to put up 40 in a game. Everybody hates him right now, so he's probably going to be super faded. And Jalen Ramsey's going to be on the outside dealing with DK Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the idea. I this is also Tyler a game Lockett where... I pick here for the Seahawks. This is also a game where it's tough. Um, there's, what, six games going on this weekend? So, I mean, these this is one of the games where I'm very... I'm, I'm conflicted. I don't know who's going to win. When you're talking about how to win this, really you're talking about like who gets the most out of the players that get eliminated and who picks the Super Bowl correctly. Basically, yeah. So that's that's basically what it's going to be. Um, let's go over to the next game. We've been we've been talking about this one: Tampa Bay and Washington. Um, Washington is the home dog plus eight, and right now sixty two percent of the money is coming in on Tampa. Oh man. This one has Washington written all over it in terms of covering the spread. I'm not going to lie. I'm about to put in a parlay on fucking Bucks. Buffalo, the Rams, and Washington right now. Um, hey, Cuomo's trying to get a mobile sports betting going in New York. Yeah, wait, man. Yeah, it's going to be Same. I want to be a degenerate. Uh, gambling and marijuana. It's about to get crazy here in New York. I thought quarantine Yum. was crazy. It's actually it's about to get real mellow, and people are just going to sit down and watch a lot of TV. Um, 44 uh, and a half points is the over-under. We already started talking about how, Jason, you, you're not buying into Tom, um, and you think this could be a, an upset. That's This would be a, t- a, a game where if you think this is an upset, obviously the, the public is betting Tampa. They're a eight eight point favorite. You have to imagine in this, peop- in this FFPC challenge, people are also playing guys like, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tom Brady at quarterback, right? You have to assume that that's the case, that this is a popular team. If you end up fading them and you're right, that could be a big time. That If, if that's what you think and if that's what you, you feel, that could be a big time yeah. plus for you. Yeah, you got to fade the name sometimes, man. They have all the star power, Gronkowski, Evans, Brown, all of those guys. Fade all of them, in my opinion. I really think this Tampa Bay-Washington game could end up being a 9-6 to six game. Like... Washington's defense is legitimately very good. They're not nine and seven for or no reason. Like, I mean, seven and nine, seven and nine, or nine and seven. They yeah, ended seven, nine seven and, and nine. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Yeah. Like, I know it's not a great record, but they won seven games because of their defense, not because of Alex Smith, who actually has a lower true throw value than Dwayne Haskins. What Alex Smith is able to do for Washington is hold on to the ball. Not turn the ball over. and Is to make super short passes, to control the clock. They want to win a game by controlling the clock and playing good defense, which have- means less fantasy points to go around. And if there's less fantasy points to go around, if you fade all those guys, if I'm picking a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, I'm either going with their defense, suck up, or the only position player I'm considering is Ronald Jones because he can find the end zone one or two times if they end up getting close against Washington. And then if they move on to the next round, I think he can find the end zone again. Because Tom Brady teams, the running back does always score. I don't want any of the pass catchers or Brady. I'm actually on the Tom Brady strong play bandwagon. Okay, so uh, this is why you turned into the Bro Fantasy Football Podcast, baby. Look, you see the Washington you see the Washington matchup and you get scared off. Let's let's not forget that they're they're 
secondary dwindled a little bit near the end of the season. We saw Matt Stafford absolutely explode on them, and I forget the other quarterback who had a huge game against them. And for me, one, I think the Buccaneers are a good team. Um, Tom Brady is turning up again at the right time. His downfield throws have been, I think he's been one of the, like the best downfield passer or over the last like five or so games after being the absolute worst prior to that. And there is a 0% chance in my mind that the Buccaneers make a deep playoff run unless Tom Brady absolutely blows up. Like he's going to need to throw three, four touchdowns each game for the Bucs to win. They're not going to win because of their running game. Period. And the, like I said, I think the Rams have a good shot at beating Seattle. That means the Packers would get the Rams and the Buccaneers would get the Saints, who I think are going to beat the Bears. The Saints are great against the run, bad through the air. Another good matchup for Tom Brady. I understand the concern that Washington could hold Tom Brady down and it could be an ugly game. But if they don't, I think Tom Brady has some huge upside going uh, going forward. Going into this originally, Washington was one of my favorite teams to fade because not I, not that I don't think they could possibly win, but outside of their defense, and, and we talked about defense and kicker equals fade for the most part. Outside of their defense, I just don't think that any of them could put up gaudy numbers because like Jason said, that's not what this offense does. Now Antonio Gibson can score three touchdowns. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying that he can't, but it's just not in this offense's DNA to have someone go off every single week. Except again, except for that short period of time, that short burst that Antonio Gibson scored two touchdowns a game. It seemed like so. Um, I I do. This is a, this is a tough game to to get around. Who who's your favorite play in this matchup? Like if you had to play one one guy, who are you playing? For me, it's Tom Brady. Jason, what? I'm taking the discount on Tom Brady against Washington. What discount? Yo, like you said, let, let's be honest. You know who's playing a lot of this? People with $200 to throw? Rich old white dudes. And you know what? who they love? Tom Brady. Facts. There's not going to be a discount on Tom Brady. There's going to be rich old white dudes like, yeah, Tom Brady, America. <laughs> like, that's what they're going to be doing. I don't think there's a Tom Brady discount, man. Look, Sure. But I'm just saying, if I were to choose a player in one of these games, if if you choose Mike Evans, he's dealing with an injury now. He hyperextended his knee. Who knows how, how well he even plays. If they move on and end up getting the Saints Lattimore for whatever reason, he sucks now, but he always locks down Mike Evans. Not super interested there. Godwin and AB have been going back and forth. You can't trust either of them. I'm not going to trust Gronk. Like... Who on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are you going to trust outside of Tom Brady if you're trusting a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? Ronald Jones. And I think they're absolutely going to move on past Washington. And I'm I, not I, touching that backfield. Like I said, the defense, Ronald Jones, are suck up. And if I'm picking a Washington player, I don't hate Logan Thomas. He can put up 20 points just on catches this week. And if they do advance, he could do it again next week. Logan Thomas. If I'm, if I'm choosing, yeah, especially in uh, tight end premium, I do think Logan Thomas is a good play as well. Although Washington is likely to be one of the teams I just straight up fade. Um, let's go over to the next one. It is the Ravens at the Titans in a rematch this year. This year it's different, a little different because the Titans are at home and the Ravens are the underdog. Last year it was Tennessee who crushed the hopes of a Baltimore team that kind of came in to the um, 
kind of came in just kind of swagged out like yeah we we got the mvp we're ready you know big trust whoop whoop um but you know tennessee kind of crushed that uh right off the bat um at the moment tennessee is the fav uh, the home dog huh by three and a half points to the ravens who have been hot 47 53% of the money is coming in on Baltimore and the over under is 54 so they're predicting a high scoring game. Michael, this one's a tough one because you have two teams here playing each other where you have some fantasy studs that you just don't know if they're going to move on. Whether it be Mark Andrews in tight end premium, Lamar Jackson, um Marquise Brown has been very good or on the other side you got Derrick Henry you have AJ Brown you have Ryan Tannehill uh even Corey Davis these guys have been fantasy studs this season but they're playing against each other and this is a matchup that's not easy to uh pick a winner on I think this is the hardest game to pick a winner on because the Titans defense has been trash so can they sustain the offensive firepower needed against a very good Ravens defense to win this game? I think that's my biggest concern. Um, we are all quasi <laughs> quasi Titans fans because of Ryan Tannehill being the true throw value king and us telling you um, before last season that he was going to take over for Mariota and then be a fantasy star. And when I say us, I really mean Jason and Michael, and I'll, but I'll take credit for it. Um, what do I you mean, guys? Jason, Jason ranked Tannehill ahead of Mariota in preseason rankings. <laughs> that he did. The, the, the proof <laughs> is in, that that. the proof is in the pudding. Um. So, yeah, Matt. Yo, that's that. That's fucking ballsy, kid. Uh. So, <laughs> tell me about your fucking ballsy moves here. Hey, Tim, yeah. I, I just wanna. I'm gonna jump in here real quick, Jason. Uh, Tim, I I agree with you. This one is a a hard one for me. Obviously, we're quasi Titans fans. I like the Titans a lot. But it's really hard for me to completely fade the Ravens with the way they've been going. When I look at this game, I'm all about Henry and Dobbins. Like I'm that's like I'm fine with going Henry and Dobbins because like you guys said, if you select a pit a player who ends up getting knocked out, hopefully it's at least during a big game. I think Henry and Dobbins are both like Dobbins has been just skyrocketing of late, uh just better performances each game. King Henry is King Henry. I think both of them get a bunch of touches this game. Going forward, whether they get the Bills or the Chiefs, both teams are more uh, porous on the on the ground as well. Very porous on the ground. The Browns, excuse me, the Steelers are really the only team in the AFC that has like a dangerous running defense. Like this is a good path for both running backs on these teams. So whichever team wins, I want that running back on my roster. Yeah. Okay. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but you know, in order to do that though, Michael, you are fading guys like Mark Andrews, and you're fading guys like Lamar Jackson, and and you're fading guys like Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown in order to in order to keep that running back. So, Jason, what's your like? What's your thoughts on the matter? Like, I see Michael's point, but I do also see how Michael's strategy can backfire because you're sacrificing these fantasy studs in order to guarantee a spot. So, uh, how do you? How do you uh, how do you see this? How do you navigate it? As my cousin Vinny says, was it my cousin Vinny? I'm a scared. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> from, it, it was my it was my cousin Vinny. Yeah. It's this. I'm a scared as a quasi Titans fan. This is a odd game to, dude. The Titans defense just isn't good, and that's great for fantasy though. 
So I really, it's so the Super Bowl is two times points. But then you have to ask yourself, you can pick like Mahomes if you think the Chiefs are going to make it. But do you want the quarterback in the Super Bowl getting two times points or do you want the tight end premium Travis Kelsey? Right. So we're going to be we're going to be talking about that a lot in a second. So stick to the game, man. I'm just saying. So I don't really hate taking Tannehill or Lamar Jackson here. As a quarterback option, I'd, I'd go Tannehill. I, I mentioned earlier the true throw values after Aaron Rodgers are kind of um, bunched together, but there's still a legit difference. Like Ryan Tannehill with two extra throws is getting an extra point. Like he's not that far off from Lamar, uh, an extra um, half a point. So Ryan Tannehill is second in true throw value after leading them in the league, leading the league in it last year. The guy's a stud and he uses his legs and he's going to have to score because the Titans defense is atrocious and if they beat the Ravens then they're going to have a shootout against either the Bills or the Chiefs and Tannehill is going to have to ball out again I really think we can see two 30 point performances from Tannehill and even if the Titans don't make the Super Bowl you'll have a position player from the Chiefs or the Bills instead of the quarterback and those guys will have a potential to put up a lot of points in the Super Bowl and as for the tight ends I don't really like Mark Andrews um if you look at his expected points per game, it's in the same area as Ebron, Hooper, Janu, Gronkowski, Tunyon. Like, they're all on the same avenue. So I'd rather just fade Mark Andrews, who will probably get some love. Uh, because especially in tight end premium, he doesn't catch that many passes. He's more touchdown dependent. I'd rather take a shot on, like, a Logan Thomas or call me crazy, even Janu Smith, who might catch a few touchdowns uh, if the Titans play a couple games. I'm going to call you crazy about Jonah Smith. I, I agree with you about fading Andrews, though. Even though it's tight end premium, that's why that's why I think it's smart to fade him. I do think he's going to be highly owned, especially in a potential shootout game against Tennessee. The scary part about fading Andrews is, like I said, a potential shootout if he has one of his patented five catches, 90-yard, two touchdown games, then you're kind of screwed, especially if the Ravens move on. That's why this, this, this one... Could be this one could be big because there is a there are a lot of different ways this game could go, uh, depending who moves on, who has the big game. There are just so many possible names you could choose from these two teams. All I know is that it's going to be really hard to fade one of these two teams. I don't hate I don't hate Marquise Brown either. Lamar Jackson's been super efficient recently. He was the number one efficient quarterback over the last four weeks, and Marquise Brown has come around because of that. And if these are shootouts like we expect. He should have one or two good games. Let's move on to the next one here, the wild card game um, between the Bears and the Saints. I have a little theory about this game. I think the Saints are going to win. And like we said with the Bills, I think because I think the Saints are gonna, going to go very far, and this is the two seed, I want to pick the best player on this team. So I am going to have Alvin Kamara no matter how many lineups I put in. I think there's uh, there's... Two two or three reasons for that. Number one, he's probably the best player in available uh, in general. Uh, maybe outside of Derrick Henry, but he's playing the Ravens. Like if if I was ranking these players, Alvin Kamara would be my number one ranked player. Um, number two, he had COVID, so people are scared off by the fact that he has a big IR next to his name. Um, I wouldn't count on a lot of people not being educated about this stuff, but the people who aren't educated about this stuff, you'll have a tiny advantage over them. And then finally, um, it's because he's Alvin Kamara. Um, and I think the Saints are going to go far. With that being said, I'm not fading the Bears. 
all the way because I know what the Saints do. The Saints are the heartbreak kids. The Saints take their their favorites and they tank. This is it's going to be three years in a row now. The Minnesota Miracle, the the play, the what do you call that should have been called? Um, the pass interference that should have been called a couple years ago, and then the complete stinker dud in the first round last year that was unexplained. So that this is what the Saints have been the last couple of years. They've been disappointing. So with that being said, I'm going to pick David Montgomery, and he's also going to be um, in one of my... So I'm going to pick Kamara and Montgomery because... So you're going with the Henry Dobbins just in this game? No, because... My, it's running backs against each other right. in the same game. Right, but but because I'm, I'm technically fading the Bears, but again, like we said, you're going to have four people eliminated. So you want your eliminated players to get the most like you, they can, and I think David Montgomery has a chance to to get some some burn because he's been good in good matchups too. The Saints have been really good against a run this season, but they have been more shaky of late. Late in the season, they are more susceptible to the run, and David Montgomery has been very, very good. And I just don't want anyone else, maybe Allen Robinson, maybe, but I'm not trusting a Mitch, Mitch Trubisky against the Saints' pass defense who may not be the best, but they're good players back there. So they can make plays. They got Marshawn Lattimore. They got Janoris Jenkins. They got... Um, Malcolm Jenkins back there, uh, Marcus Williams. Though that's a good secondary. So even though the numbers might not match the names in the playoffs, things like that change. So I'm I'm going David Montgomery because I think he can get me the most points. And I'm banking on hey, if there's a if there's a, another Saints debacle, um, I'm going to have the running back that moves on from this game regardless kind of like that so that's why i'm playing kamara and montgomery that's how i feel about it um we started with michael last time so let's start with jason this time jason how are you playing this game i have a feeling you both are going to disagree with me but have we ever ever had the chance to get michael thomas for so cheap in the sense that everyone's going to be fading him i don't think michael thomas can be a popular play at all i think alvin kamara is going to be the clear chalk for the saints and Michael Thomas healthy in the playoffs, he's probably going to have some very good games. I don't hate going with Michael Thomas. I do really like the Michael Thomas pick as well. That was something, that was something I was going to bring up. He's Some people probably think he's not even coming back. They're like, oh, he's placed on IR. He's out. That's not how IR works anymore. You could come back after three weeks. He's going to be back. They place him on IR to be safe for the playoffs. So I actually agree with you. Uh, I do think... Like Alvin Kamara is the the big chalk, but it, I don't know the way with that offense has been going. It's like I I it's hard to fade Alvin Kamara, but I do think there's there is reason to do it. I see what you're uh, saying. I see what you're saying, bro. But here's what I think: if the Saints were the three seed, I'd agree with you. But I think because they're the two seed and because they're not going to see the Packers until the until then, because they're not going, they're going to have home games in the dome until the Packers. I think that, again, we, we talked about the advantage that the number two seed is. So I think that I want the best player on that team, whether it's Chalk or not. Um, like Michael said, like the, the way to win this is not to basically just kind of like be cute and avoid the Chalks. Uh, the way to win this is to get the most points. And I just but think, I think Kamara has Michael Thomas. I do want to say, though, yeah. the Buccaneers, I think the Buccaneers and Rams are going to win, right? Which means the Packers would go up against the Rams and the Saints against the Bucks. The Bucks have a much better run defense than they do a pass defense. That doesn't matter when it's Kamara. 
Doesn't matter. I, I get that, but I do get that, but I don't know. I, I, I could I see the appeal in veering away from the consensus and Kamara here and going with someone like Michael Thomas who has had an awful year but could probably turn it around at any moment. You're kind of banking on that. And that that's a risk I'd be willing to take in a big tournament like this. Uh regarding David Montgomery though, no, not for me. <laughs> Look, we're Demont haters. Uh, speak for yourself. He I've proved been, us I've been, me and JR. Thank you. Jason and I are demontators. We've been wrong about him for several weeks now, but beautiful green schedule that entire time. Ridiculously easy matchups. The Saints are not that. The Saints are a much different running defense than the teams he were playing. He was playing like Houston and company. Montgomery is someone I'm most certainly going to fade because I do think the Bears are going to lose. They might be one of the teams where I don't select a player from that team. I don't hate that. I mean, it makes it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, I'm still going with my David Montgomery, so fuck you, right? Um, any other uh, any other oh, plays no, you oh. like? Any other plays you like in this game besides besides that? What about A Rob? I feel like we haven't talked about Allen Robinson. Are you taking a chance on him? Yeah, I could see A Rob making an impact. Um, he, but he's, I don't know, he's been too inconsistent. He has been better with Mitchell Trubisky back, and True Values also like him a lot. Um, but again, he's more so banking on the Bears to win. He could be one of the guys who gets eliminated, who got you a lot of points week one. So he's certainly someone I'm going to keep in mind. Uh, he would be the guy I'd choose from the Bears if I decided not to completely fade the Bears. Uh, Definitely would play him over Demont. All right. All right, all right. Let's go to our last game. And I think this is the game that I'm going to have the easiest time picking. The Browns at the Steelers. Now, the Browns just beat the Steelers to get into the playoffs um, for the first time. And this is an 11-5 and Browns team, so don't sleep on them. That being said, an offensive lineman is out with COVID. Their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, is out for the game with COVID. Uh, so more coaches are out for the game with COVID. They have not been able to practice or open their facility this whole week. Um... And they just played the Steelers, so looking at the same jerseys could confuse you when all of a sudden you're looking at T.J. Watt and Ben Roethlisberger instead of linebacker X and Mason Rudolph. Um, I just think the Steelers are a lock here. I think that this is my favorite game of the week. I think the Steelers are a lock to win this game. Um, if I'm looking at the uh, Vegas page, which give me a second on this, um, the over-under is 47 and a half. Um, Pittsburgh is a minus six point favorite at home. I think that's, I think that's a little, I'm taking Pittsburgh in the points. I think Pittsburgh wins this one, um, by a lot. And I think that, uh, my favorite play in this is Deontay Johnson because of that, because I know that throughout these playoffs, if there's one thing that's definitely going to happen, if the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to move on, it's Deontay Johnson is going to get the ball thrown at him. And that is the only thing you can guarantee about the Steelers offense right now. It fell off a cliff, and then it revived right when it needed to. And the only consistent thing has been Deontay Johnson throughout that whole time. Uh, he had that one game where he got benched, but he's made up for that completely, including a really magnificent diving catch in the last game. Um, so you like to see that. You like to see that progression. Um, that's my play in this game. That's the person who I'm definitely playing. How do you guys feel about it? Uh, J Michael, let's start with you since we started with Jason last time. Yeah, you guys know how I feel about the Steelers, right? Like I've been, when they were 10 and 0, I said they were 11 and 0, whichever one they were, I forget. I said they're the worst 11 and 0, 11 and 0 team I've ever seen. And then came the 
crushing defeats in a row where they looked very, very beatable. And yeah, they they ended the season on a better note. I do agree with you. I think, honestly, Deontay Johnson is the only play on the Steelers, especially in PPR. He's the only one guaranteed to get the touches. There's no way you trust a running back. Big Ben is toast in my eyes, so no way I'm trusting him. Juju and Claypool are way too inconsistent for my liking as well. I feel like Deontay Johnson is the only one here that you could trust, and I do think they have a chance to beat Cleveland. I also think this is a a possibility of fading this team or picking like a kicker or defense because I, I just, I'm not high on this offense. I haven't been high on this offense for some time now. And everyone talks about how good Deontay Johnson is and all this uh, besides the drops. He's so good. 144 targets on a year. And he didn't even end with a thousand yards. Like that is a low air yard, low t- depth of target offense. A lot of after catch, stuff going on and if Cleveland is able to shut that down a little bit it's going to be hard for them to move the ball Cleveland defense is especially their pass defense is vulnerable which is why I think Deontay Johnson is a good play but I just I can't see myself choosing anyone else on this Pittsburgh team outside of Deontay Johnson yeah I'm following the same tune as you guys I think Michael just convinced me that the Pittsburgh defense is a team that is a position I'm interested in because I I feel like this would be a lot closer game if the Browns weren't COVID central right now I just don't see how they're gonna win in a game like this with like dealing with all this and then having to face Pittsburgh and their good defense in Pittsburgh so I think it could be a good game for Pittsburgh's defense to put up a lot of points and then if they advance their defense is good regardless, and whether they face the Bills or the Chiefs or anyone else, we've seen times where, like, the Chiefs' defense puts up 20 points just because it's like a shootout and they um, just have a pick six or fumble six at some point. So I don't hate the Steelers' defense as an option. What about Cleveland, Jay? Because, I, I, like you said, with COVID and everything going on in Cleveland, did they say who the big name is that that uh, hit the Yeah, it wasn't really a big name. I don't, I don't know what that was about. Yeah, what? so it's... O-lineman. I don't know. I was an O-lineman. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's big, but... I forget. I forget. Like it depends on the O-lineman. Give me a second. Let me, let me look it up. I, I forgot. But, like, when it, comes, when it comes to the Browns, one, I don't know if they're going to beat the Steelers. Uh, two, who would you trust on this team, all right? Because, like, Nick Chubb, of course, is a candidate. But this is PPR. So, Nick Chubb has a lot less appeal when it comes when it comes to PPR because he has to do everything on the ground, like... Derrick Henry is like the lone big time exception when it comes to that. I don't know, man. It's like they get the Chiefs or Bills the following week, which is good on the ground as well. But again, they they have two running backs who split the backfield. The receivers are interesting. I feel like Hollywood Higgins. Hollywood Higgins is one of those guys that I like as like a fade the consensus type of player. Don't choose the best player on the team type of move because Hollywood Higgins has been so good of late, and I do think Baker Mayfield is going to have to be successful through the air for the Browns to win the game, but it's a hard matchup against Pittsburgh. Cleveland is another team I'm considering fading or picking a kicker or defense, but I do think they have a chance to make some noise because of how good that offense is with Kevin Stefanski. So for me, this Pittsburgh-Cleveland game is a lot like the Seattle Rams game or the Titans Ravens game like it's one of those that could go either way it's hard to predict which one it which way it's gonna go but this one is I feel like 
I don't know. When it comes to Cleveland, I feel like I'm not going to be the guy who uses one of their running backs. I feel like I'm going to go either Hollywood Higgins because I do, or even Austin Hooper, whose role has been increasing tight end premium. I feel like he could be a lower rostered guy that could give you an edge if the Browns make a little bit of a run. But then also the kicker defense. This is one of those games that I'm very, uh, I'm going to have to look a lot more into over these next couple of days to try to figure out how I feel about it because it's it's tough, man, this one. I could see it going very many ways. I don't hate beating Cleveland. You don't you don't like it or you you, you don't hate it? I don't hate it. You don't hate it. Yeah, I'm I'm fading Cleveland personally. Um but that's it for us on this one. We hope you enjoy the challenge. Uh don't forget to go to our website, rotofantasy.com, to make that challenge happen. Um and yeah, you could just go on it the regular way, but we appreciate it if you go on it that way. Um and also uh patreon.com slash brotofantasy. If you want an extra episode, another episode coming um this week only for patrons it is going to be uh we're going to be picking a fantasy team um and we're doing a snake draft for this uh for this upcoming weekend plus a little bit more so stay tuned for that and join up at patreon.com for as little as three dollars a month you get an extra episode puts tons tons extras during the off season to prepare you for your fantasy football championship next year think about it good and one other note on the patreon um we're more than just fantasy football. If you want to join a well, in terms of the Patreon, we're going to make some, there's some fantasy basketball leagues already out, and now we're going to make fantasy baseball leagues. So if you're looking for a fun fantasy baseball league, join the Patreon, hop in the Discord, and get in a league with everyone. It'll be a lot of fun. And as three Mets fans, we need to discuss Francisco Lindor coming to the Mets. A oh, fuck yeah. 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 If you want to draft Francisco Lindor to your team this year, join the Patreon. I might play fantasy football just to have Francisco Lindor on my team this year. Fantasy baseball. Ma- Michael, are we still are we split, still splitting a team, or are you just are you going are you going rogue on me this year? Uh, we could split the team, Tim. Don't worry. I you, got just, you. you just want me to play, pay half the league fee? No, I'd much rather put it all in myself. <laughs> me and Michael always play. We uh, every year. I swear it's going to be the year that I actually pay attention, and then I just give my team to Michael, and I just pay half a league fee. And the uh, first, that's it. the first three or four weeks, I'll let Tim in on the transactions I'm making, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, it's, I'm not gonna waste my time. It's I'll really, just update him next time I see him. <laughs> I'm really, a, I'm really a no-show partner. I'm just, uh, I'm just there for the check. Um, Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. Jason. At Brodo FF Jason. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. Also, BrodoFantasy.com. If you didn't hear us the 600 times we said it earlier, and at BrodoFantasy on Twitter. That is all from us, unless you're a patron. Then you're going to hear from us again this week. Until next week, see you. Later. Later.